Hello and thanks for your company for another edition of Tui's News, the podcast. Would you believe our 100th episode? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> episode 100. I can't believe it, to be honest. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I'll have, to, I'll have to find something in I didn't think we'd last a season, Simon, but we... <laughs> <laughs> We've been here for four. I mean, it helps that we bolted you to the desk. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, oh dear. Anyway, we're still here and we're here courtesy of the, the Newcastle Herald and our um, our major sponsor, West Group, who have been very supportive over the years. As usual, he's, you've already heard him in the background, as usual, um, the man who puts this show to air, or he has done for the past four years, alongside me in the studio is... Is the maverick of multimedia. <laughs> the, hang on, I haven't finished yet. The, oh, God, there's more. The, the enigma of engineering. Oh, God. The sultan of sound. <laughs> and the wizard of the wireless, Simon McCarthy. Now I've Outstanding. Got to, I've got to, well, you, you've got to thank uh, former Knights media man, Nathan Ryan. Oh, Nate. Nate. Hey, mate. Nate's come up with those four. So I thought I'd just... What a legend. Give, give, you, give you all four barrels in the one. <laughs> True wordsmith. Good on you, Nate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Maverick of the media. Oh, that's good. Multimedia. Oh, yeah, that, that's, oh I like that. Okay. That's, that's because good. you're, the, yeah. you're uh, the topics writer in the Herald these days. You're... Yeah, 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 you're all over. I've the got place. to go and figure out what I'm writing about today. Actually, you're all over the place. <laughs> That's the worst part about having a column every day. You got to come up with something every day. <laughs> anyway, as I said, we're here, um, courtesy of the Newcastle Herald and and West Group. Um, yeah, 100 episodes. So thanks very much for anyone out there who's still listening. <laughs> yeah, stick with us. Yeah, stick with us. We've got a few to go yet. Well, we really find our voice about episode 150. I think. <laughs> well, it's been a, a, a massive week. Uh, if you're a Newcastle Knights fan, um, plenty happening on the field and almost more happening off the field. So, and we're going to talk about that later on. Um, in the mailbag, there'll, there'll be some questions, I'm sure, in the Twitter mailbag this week about what's going on behind the scenes, talk of meetings with rival coaches, um, yeah, some, some the future of Adam O'Brien, the future of assistant coaches, lots and lots of stuff going on uh, behind the scenes. Uh, on the field, four in a row for the Newcastle Knights last week, a, a, a really... Great performance, I thought, against Canberra, backing up the big win over Melbourne the previous week. The danger was always going to be coming off that Melbourne win at home. Um, would there be a bit of a letdown? And the fact that the Raiders are are in the top five or six or wherever they are in the in the on the ladder, they're right up there anyway. And and going well, coming off a loss, having to go down to Canberra to play them, they were going to be desperate. But Newcastle never looked like losing. It was a tremendous performance. And um, it just showed that, um, well, it hopefully showed that the club now and the team has got some consistency about their performance uh, because that's what they're going to need at the back end of the season because, uh, what is there, five games to go and they can probably only afford to lose one um, to make the playoffs. And that's 
probably hinges on a few other teams and what they do as well. But they may be able to get away with one loss, but they probably can't get away with any more than one. So consistency is, is important. Their big, big names are playing well. And after this, we're going to be talking to one of those players who I believe has had a massive influence on the way the Knights have, have played in recent weeks. Um, a local junior, a player that's... Um, made the hooking position his own this season. So we're going to be coming back to talk to Phoenix Crossland. We recording this? Here he is. Renault. Hey, Phil. Hey, Buzz. Are we on? Are we recording? You're ready for us, are you? Well, mate, if you're ready, we can call me back. Oh, we are sort of recording, but I've, I've got a little intro to read first before... Uh... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and our guest this week, Knights prop, Daniel Safidi, Nathan Ross, Jared Mullen, Anthony Seabold, Jaden Braley. It's a great privilege to have uh, Tim Zhu, Mark Hughes. Hello, Hughesy. Mitchell Pierce, the greatest knight of all time. Paul Harrigan, good morning. Kurt Gidley, welcome to the podcast, kids. The one and only Kirk Reynoldson. Hello, Reno. Mate, I've been waiting my whole life for this, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. And I've got... Phoenix Crossland on the line, on the line a, a guy who I believe, you talk about Kalen Ponga, you talk about uh, Tyson Frizzell, you talk about, you know, the back five for the Knights um, being responsible or partly responsible for the, the turnaround in form, but uh, I think Phoenix Crossland, the Knights hooker, has uh, had a massive influence on Newcastle's um, climb up the ladder and to to be within or touching distance of the the top eight. And I've got uh, Phoenix on the line. How are you, Phoenix? Good, Buzz. Thanks for the kind words, mate. It's good to uh, good to have a chat with you. Mate, you've, you're on fire. What's what's going on? You're going sensational. Um, yeah, no, it's been a good good month or so for, um, you know, myself and the team. It's We've won a, a couple of good games. Obviously, the Storm game and the, and the Canberra game are the ones that stand out. So... Um, I don't know. It's hard to put a finger on exactly what's what's going right. I think yeah, a lot of things sort of mixed together, and um, yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a good couple of weeks, mate. Been really good. Well, you go back to the losses. I think they were consecutive losses to the Roosters and and Penrith, a below strength Penrith and a Roosters team that have haven't fired too many shots this season, and and um, you know there was a lot of doom and gloom around around the joint, and then all of a sudden, you, you mentioned st- stuff has clicked and you've won four on the trot. Um, is it difficult to put your finger on what's happened? I, I've obviously, uh, that big win over the Bulldogs, that kicked it off. Um, 11 tries, that got, would have given you guys a lot of confidence. Yeah, that that game definitely was was a good game for us to, um, yeah, as you say, kickstart our, our um, you know, run towards the finals and, yeah, the, the Roosters game, that Penrith game, obviously, and I think the Parramatta game, they're, they're sort of games that we're, um, you know, really disappointed in. And that wasn't, um, you know, I think that's just a sort of a glitch in our season. And then you look back at other games, the other game against Penrith went down in Golden Point and the Brisbane game was heartbreaking right at the end. We've, you know, we've been in most games and it's it's a positive and negative at the same time. It was so close, but, you know, you need to win games and get the points on the board, so... Yeah, like I think it's just we haven't had a um, you know a terrible year. It's been 
it's been pretty encouraging for, for us as a team and and the coaching staff and we've been really positive about it we've just been sort of waiting for this you know this sort of time for it for it all to come together and and start um you know working for us so we're, we're pretty happy and proud that over the last month and um yeah especially the bulldogs game it all started clicking for us well we'll talk about um the game's coming up a little bit later and, and also um, your form and your switch to hooker. But let, let's go back, mate. Let's let's go right back to the start. Obviously, um, you're a Kiwi. You, uh, I am. Yeah, you were born in uh, – I think you were born in Wellington, were you? Yeah, yeah, Wellington. And and uh, you came over as a – basically as a toddler. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, moved yeah, to the Central born, Coast. Yeah. Tell us about um, – I, I know there was um, your mum split up from your dad. Your mum, Nikki, split up from your dad. We've had this conversation before. I think uh, I was looking back last night at a story I wrote when you made your debut and, and um, you spoke about your relationship with your mum and the fact that you've basically never had a dad in your life um, or your father's not in your life. Uh, is that yeah. still the case, mate? Yeah, it is. Um, as you said, that story was that five years ago now. Nothing's changed, but it's sort of just, you know, me and my mum versus the world in my eyes. And, um, yeah, moved over at a young age. And I've had had mum there through everything, the good and the bad. And um, I'm very lucky for her and, you know, my grandma as well. So, yeah, I don't have, don't have any contact with my dad, but I've got some uh, exceptional male um, role models in my life. I've got my granddad, my uncles. And, you know, I look at Adzie O'Brien as well as a as a – you know, prominent male figure that's really helped me and shown me, you know, tough love and, and made me a man. So um, I'm still very lucky. I don't kick stones about not knowing me dad. It's actually been, I think, a blessing in disguise for myself. Yeah, I think you were, what, two, two or three or four when you when you actually, your mum came, decided to come out here because your grandparents were, were living on the central coast. Is that the reason why you came out here? Yeah, well, mum had me at, um, at a real young age. She was 18 and, um, you know, dad didn't give her any help. So, we had grandma and granddad over here living in St. Ives in Sydney. Um, and, yeah, mum just thought it'd be easy for her to get away from New Zealand and everything that was happening over there. And obviously she needed help with me. So grandma, um, we lived at grandma's house in Sydney for a while. And then when mum found a feet, we moved to the Central Coast. But, yeah, we had we had to move over because mum was, was struggling, obviously. She was she was real young for you. Um, I don't think she had a job. She was studying to be a teacher. So she just needed help with me, really, and that's – I think that's probably the main reason she made the move and, um, yeah, it all worked out. And as I said, grandma and granddad were, you know, my other parents pretty much. So we're very lucky for them. You would have been a good fella growing up. You wouldn't have been any drama, would you? I like to think not, but mum might have some other, <laughs> some other, um, opinions on that. I'll, I don't know. I was, I, I've always had a bit of a temper, but, um, Really? I'm going to sit here and bag myself out. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a temper, eh? Yeah, I think um, I do have a bit of a temper. It's it's um, it only comes out every now and then. I think when I don't have enough sleep, um, a few <laughs> boys are training probably can can back that up, and as you probably can as well. But um, no, nah, nothing too serious. Just get a bit fired up, and I think it's just competitive. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah, you probably wouldn't. I don't come across as very angry, but if you flip the switch, I, I do have a bit of an angry side to me. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I'm j- just a couple of quotes from that story I was talking about uh, five years ago, talking about your mum. She has been everything to me, absolutely everything. 
and everything that's happened is because of her. Yeah. Is that um, how, how you would um, regard your relationship with your mum? Yeah, 100%. Mum's, yeah, mum, mum's the, per- like, she's the main person in my life. She's got, you know, we got, she's got three other kids, but, and I know they're still young, but that's also the same thing. Mum's, she's so selfless. She gives everything to her kids. You know, she has a job, but you ask mum, she reckons her main job here is to, to be a mum for her four kids and, but she does such a good job with that, man. It's so, it's refreshing. I don't see her as much as I used to, but every time I see her, it's so refreshing to know that she's in my life on my side. And, um, you know, I call her every day and yeah, that quote, that quote, um, still stands. If not, if not stronger, it gets stronger every day. I, I back, I stand by that. And yeah, she's, um, she's an incredible, incredible person. Yeah. They're great mums, aren't they? Um, yeah. I know that um, she was, well, she and you were pretty emotional when you um, when you first let her know that um, you were going to make your NRL debut back in what 2019. She, uh, well, you were very emotional, and so was she. Yeah, that was um, such a cool moment. I remember, obviously, got got told, and then she was the first person I I um, I gave a buzz to, and um, I can't exactly remember what was said, but I know there was a lot of tears and. You know, you look back at those moments, they're so special. And um, even when I played my 50th the other week, there wasn't as, you know, as many tears, but you could just hear it in her voice how proud she was and how proud I was to have her, um, you know, in my circle. So, yeah, that, that phone call was definitely a highlight of mine. And it was it was just cool. I think it was just cool to, to um, you know, let her know that the work she did as a mum, you know, sort of paid off and allowed me to live my dream. So that was probably the main thing. Well, it's uh, it's fantastic to have so, such a such a great role model, and and she was actually the one. I think you 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 played soccer, or you might have had one game of soccer, did you? And didn't like it, and it was your mum that got you into rugby league. Yeah, I, I played one year of soccer, and I was hopeless, and I wasn't happy playing it. Um, and mum's biggest thing is with the kids is, you know, she doesn't care. I could have been a, a ballet dancer, and she would if I was happy doing it, she would have been stoked. So that was mum's biggest thing. It was just making her kids happy. And, um, you know, I was probably lucky. She wasn't one of those mums that was too worried about, you know, the, the contact in rugby league. She just wanted to see me smile. So I uh, made the switch at seven and yeah, didn't look back. And you're a, um, what are you, an Erin Eagles junior? Erin, yeah. Yeah, I sure am. I, I love the Erin Eagles. I tell everyone that I play for Erin and I've had a few clubs. I've played for Lakes and, and um, played for Budgie Bulldogs and Wong, but Erin is the, the club that I probably, you know, fell fell most in love with. I reckon it's just a it was a great crew there, and it kind of it reminds me of the Knights. To be honest, it was such a family club, and we have a prezzo after every every home game. We do that at Newey, so uh, that's probably why I sort of connect with with both clubs so much. And what about your you you mentioned your younger siblings? Um, I think you're doing a bit of coaching too, are you? Um, yeah, I, I try and help out when I can, but um, you got Rafa training. He's got the um, under under 13, Division 3, South Sam and me and Kurt Mann have been floating around there trying to um, give the boys a bit of confidence, so it's been pretty cool as well. And is your younger brother, does he play? Yeah, he plays down at Swansea, so he's um, in the under 10s, I think. I, I, I lose track of all their ages, but he's he's still young. Um, but he loves it. He's, I've he's, been trying to get him to go to Valo for, for a couple of years because they got a gun side, but mum won't let him. He wants him it's too much driving for her, so he has to say it's Swansea, but they're a great club as well, and he loves it there. 
and I, I would imagine he's one of your biggest supporters too, is he? He is. I've got a, um, a younger sister, Tora, as well, and she, she's funny, man. She claims that she doesn't like the footy, and mum tells me a story. She sits there, she comes to all the games and, and pretends she doesn't like it, but mum catches her on the phone checking the live ladder and stuff if we're winning <laughs> our four and against and that. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they're both they're both so into it. Obviously, Bodie, my little brother, he plays footy, and he... He gets a heat, like he gets a massive kick out of seeing all the boys and being able to like, you know, be mates with them as well because he can come in the sheds and that. So he's um he's very lucky and he loves it. Yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic, mate. Um, we spoke about the hooking role earlier, but you were a halfback basically all through your career. Um, you played New South Wales sixteens and eighteens at halfback. I think you you would have played New South Wales twenties, um, except that you debuted in the NRL that, that week, so they pulled you out of that game. But um, the switch, you know, going from halfback uh, to hooker, um, I mean, a few pl- players have done it. Danny Badiris is one that um, comes to mind who um, mm. probably played in the halves in his earlier in his career and ended up being a hooker. What's it been like for you? And, and I mean, did you always have your sights set on becoming an NRL halfback? Yeah, I think earlier on, definitely when I was, um, you know, when I was when I was a young fella and I first came into the NRL system, I had, as you know, I had Mitchell Pearce there and, um, you know, I wanted to be just like him. I wanted, as soon as he finished, I wanted to, you know, have that jersey and, and be him. But, um, you know, things You wanted always, to be Mitchell Pearce, did you? What? On the field, on the field <laughs> I did, off the field, maybe not. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yes. But yeah, no, Junior was mad for me. As you know, we have, we've had plenty of chats. Yep. Um, you know, back then about how good he was for me, but yeah, I don't know. Things things sort of change, and um, you know, for the better or, or the worse. I think definitely for me, it's been you know for the better, and I think you know I'd like to think I found my position now. Obviously, I still have you know halves in the back pocket if, if need be if, in a game if someone went down. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. I sort of when I was growing up playing half, I was I've said it before. I've never been like. The, um, like the touch footy half or or a skillful flick pass, Benji Marshall sort of guy. I've always been like a you know I like to defend, so I think that sort of suited me making the move. So um, you know it's been really good. It's been really refreshing, and 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 Bedsy has been around. Uh, Browse has been there. Monas, Rory, Cross, Jason. So I've got a great great support crew there, and they're all really supportive and, and helping helping me uh, you know reach my potential at the nine in the nine. So there's there's no resentment at all about the fact that you basically haven't been developed as a as a seven or as a halfback. Um, nah, not at all. I think <clears throat> you know maybe a couple of years ago, like I don't know if I had that mindset now. There probably would have been, but you know, footy's footy. I'm still out there playing and and doing what I can for the team. So um, I've always I've always had massive trust in in the night system, the pathways and, and so is my family and, and all the people that, you know, care about my career. So, um, you know, Adam O'Brien too, he's, he's been massive, always trusted him and he's always had a plan there for me. And, um, you know, even if I, you know, might've had the shits about it, it's, uh, definitely come back and, um, repaid me. So yeah, I just sort of back up and trust in, in the coaches and, and the pathways of the nights cause it's one of the best ones in the, in the comp and it's, um, you know, it's really helped me and developed me. Well, you've sort of, I mean, you've, you've got another year to go on your contract. You signed, I think, a two-year deal, the last one you signed. But you were 
you were signing year year deals prior to that, um, probably a couple of one year deals prior to that. So there was always that that situation where you would have been under pressure or felt under pressure um, to maintain your your place in in the squad. Um, pro- probably knowing you that that only drove you more. Yeah, definitely. It's contract time. It can be stressful, but it's also a good motivator for for players. I think um, it has. It definitely has been for me. I think um, you know when I was signing those yearly deals, it was probably more of a personal thing for me. I don't. I'm very close with my family and very um, connected to the to the town of Newcastle, and I love it. And I don't ever want to leave. But I think when I was signing those sort of one year deals, it was more me not ready to if I had to make it, make the switch and move out of home. And, um, yeah, I think that's probably been good for me because I, I do need to be comfortable and, um, as far as like home life comes. So yeah, I don't know. It's sort of, it was a bit of a mutual thing. It wasn't, um, I don't think it was ever them not having faith in me or, or me not wanting to stay. It was, um, probably, probably like a mixture of everything in it. And, and it probably, it, um, worked out really good for, for both parties. So, yeah, I've got a two-year deal now, and I'll, I'll be here um, this year and next year, and then it all happens again, and, and the stress rises. But we'll wait to, um, for that bridge to cross when we come to it. Good stuff, mate. Well, d- tell us about the was two thousand and nineteen. It was, um, I think, round sixteen against the Warriors. Um, yeah, that was your debut. You, you, I think it was the day before you turned nineteen. Um, yeah. What are your memories of that game? I think you played the last. I don't know how many minutes you played, 12 or 13 minutes maybe? Yeah, yeah roughly. Off the bench? What, what Was that a whirlwind? Can you remember much of what happened? Oh, barely. It was, um, yeah, it was it was a crazy experience. I do remember um, bits and pieces, but, you know, it was it was, it was was a great night. I remember we, yeah, it was my birthday the next day, so we had, I had so many people there. Um, in support and we had a big family friend lunch the next day and it was just you know a dream come true I, the team that we had and the boys in that team you know Jamie Vieira Connor Watson Aiden Guerrero it's such a good bunch of lads that were you know obviously at that time very experienced and, and had seen it all and they really helped me I was only 18 as you, as you touched on so um, yeah it was such a cool experience I remember sitting on the bench and that was the first time like obviously I was a half growing up so I never had to sit on the bench but I remember sitting on the bench the whole game and I had no idea what to do and I was bugging Aiden Guerrero and saying, do I, do I need to go for a run? Do I need to ride the bike? And he just said, Phoenix, just shut up and sit down. You'll go on in a second. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he, was getting, he was getting quite cranky, old Doss, but... Um, you were a bit toey, were you? Yeah, I was ready to go, but um, he sort of calmed me down or, or tried to and, um, yeah, I can't really remember the game, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. Well, that was uh, 2019, 2020. You played, um, I think you made six appearances, 21, nine appearances. And obviously the last two seasons, well, you played um, 19 uh, last year, 16 of those off the bench, a couple at half back, and, and one at five-eighths. And then this this year, well, the, your last 10 games basically have, have been at hooker. Uh, I think you played five-eight against the Warriors. In a yep. win, win in round six, but you've been at hooker for the last ten games and playing, you know, just about. Well, you've probably played two or three games the whole game, maybe, um, and and a few others pretty close to the whole game. You you virtually now are 
80-minute hooker. You've turned yourself into an 80-minute hooker, mate. Yeah, it's been <clears throat> obviously. Yeah, the minutes are a massive challenge, Baz. It's um, it's like a, it's a different fitness playing in the middle and then playing in the halves. Like in the halves, you obviously don't make as many tackles, and but you're running the whole time, and then you get to nine, and you sort of get a bit more. It's a bit more stop start, and you're off the deck a lot more. So um, I've always been pretty fit. Like I can I can run a good one point two time. Could run laps around an oval, sweet as, and then. You get thrown in the middle and say tackle this big fella and then get off the deck and do it six more times in a set and it's like well, it's just completely different. So it's probably taken a bit, a bit, um, bit of time to get used to that. But yeah, obviously the game time, game time helps and playing consistent minutes every week and then obviously built myself up to be playing eighty minutes and then um, you know when I was playing hooker last year I was playing twenty twenty five minutes off the bench and I was gassed after that and I'm thinking yeah. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to play 80, but you, you do get used to it. Your body gets used to it, and um, you sort of know when to when to rest and when to go, and um, it's a bit like a bit of art, so you just sort of know when to when to do it and when not to do it. So um, I've sort of – I reckon I've learned how to do that a bit better now, and it's still still a thing I need to develop, but, um, yeah, it's been good. Well, it's, it's And it's not just the, the fitness and the physicality of it. I mean, you're taking on – Massive blokes um, head head on most of the time, and and <clears throat> I think part of the reason why I said you've you've made you've had such a big impact on the team and their form is the fact that you're now the guy leading the defensive line, which was a trait that Bedsy used to have back in the day. Um, you seem to pride yourself on on wanting to get up there first and dragging the the rest of the defensive line with you <clears throat> with you. So you're approaching or you're coming up against massive bodies. Um, and as I, as I say, the physicality of it all, but then, you know, the, the big art of being a, a good hooker is, is your dummy half work and not, not just your passing, but also, also the, the options that you take. So there's a, there's a hell of a lot that goes with the role, mate. And I can understand why it, it, it takes, um, someone who hasn't sort of played there during their junior years, um, a little while to, to get used to it and then to master it, which you've done very very quickly yeah i think um in saying that i do i do watch a lot of video with Bezzy and obviously he has some great tips for me as he said he's um some of the traits that i try and express in my footy is definitely what Bezzy also did and um it's no coincidence i spend a lot of time with him at training and watch video we do a lot of passing sessions together and um i think he's you know other than cameron smith he's probably if not the best hooker to play a game, and he represented Australia and, and and New South Wales, so I'm so lucky to have him sitting in an office and I can go and knock on his door whenever and just throw ideas at him. He he either says nah, terrible, or yeah, try and do that. So um, I've been really lucky with that. And as you said, with the defence, it's um, it probably looks like I'm trying to go after contact and, and take blokes head off, but it's probably the opposite. But it's probably if anything, I'm trying to take time off then so they can't get a, a 20 meter run up and run over me. Um, so I think that's probably something that I'm trying to um, be a bit smarter with and, and sort of t- take time off the big fellas so I can um, get my tackle on and not let them get a momentum and, and you know tumble me over. So yeah, I definitely owe a lot to uh, Bedsy as far as that's concerned. Is, is the body shape changed? Have you had to change your body shape? I, I would imagine that you've probably spend a lot more time in the gym and uh, not that you don't spend everyone spends plenty of time in the gym but to play yeah. in that role your body would have had to have changed a little bit 
yeah, definitely. It's I haven't really I haven't put on any weight, but I definitely can feel um, like stronger. I, I can't you can't you can't really put on weight when you play nine because you need to be fit. So it's hard to get more muscly and bigger when you when you try to run so much. So it's it's a bit bit um I don't know, it's silly. You can't sound silly that you can say you can get stronger and not get bigger, but that's probably what I've I've tried to do. And we got um, great gym coaches at training, so yeah, I think I've definitely my body shape probably has changed. I'm probably starting to get my like my man's body now. I've always been um probably noticed that you know the, the little boy's probably going and i'm turning into a you know i'm 23 now so i've got a you got, um, you're a man no i'm a man now baz i'm not at any anymore so <laughs> <laughs> i've got to um yeah my body's probably developing a bit more and just getting used to the the contacts which is um yeah pretty tough but it's good when did you start feeling comfortable i mean was it a gradual thing when when did you start feeling like you belong as an nrl hooker um, oh, I probably don't. Probably, I still probably don't think I'd probably have that in the back of my mind. I don't belong. I've always been sort of, um, oh, I don't know what you call it, reserved or, um, yeah, I don't know, like not comfortable. I've, I've always wanted more and wanted more out of myself. So I, I probably, I can't sit here and say that I feel comfortable being an NRL player. We see when you're in the game, you, you're in the zone. So. But the nerves I get leading up to a game is exactly the same as when I, you know, was playing playing my third or my fourth game. So, but I think that's a good thing, Baz. I think that's you're going in every game ready for, or thinking you're not ready, and then going out there and having to prove to yourself and everyone that you are. Is, yep. Um, I think that's a great thing, and hopefully, like, hopefully I do get a little bit more calm in, in preparation. But um, I probably learnt that those feelings are normal and they're actually helping me, so I'm not stressing about them as much, which is. Probably a good thing, but you know I like having those nerves and the and the un, the unsure and the unknown about you know what's going to go what's going to go on out there today. Am I going to be all right? So um, yeah, I think it's a good thing for me at the moment. You mentioned Adam O'Brien before and his influence. Tell tell us a bit more about what he's done for you, not just as a player but as a person. Yeah, as as you know, Baz, as he's a um, you know he's a, he's a tough character. He's a He's a um yeah he shows a lot of tough love and as he's been so good for me he doesn't doesn't need to sit there and you know say I'm doing a good job and and tap me on the back you know all the time he he's always up for me to work and I really appreciate that from Ads he's he's real hands on with with the team and myself and um you know I think if you have a coach there that sits there and and just gives you you know pats on the back the whole time you can get a bit complacent and Ads he definitely doesn't. Um, allow me to do that, which is which has been really good for me, and I think that's good for anyone in their development. Um, but as a person as well, these as you, as we touched on before, I don't have a um, I don't know my dad, but you know having blokes like Adzi and Greeny and Rush and and Brian McDermott a trainer who I see every day, like I think that's better. Like it's so good to have those blokes there to just lean on and talk to and you know, have a laugh with, have a coffee with. So, um, you know, not just Azzy, but the whole coaching staff have been so good for me. I'm, you know, I'd do anything for them. And, um, yeah, I'm just really, really uh, grateful to have them in my life. What about, um, obviously, the injury to, to Jaden Braley's opened the door for you, basically, to, to become that 80-minute hooker um, out of necessity originally, but, um, you know, out of merit now, obviously. Um what sort of an influence has he had on you and, and 
do you do you look ahead and think, okay, well, he's going to get going to get uh, back on the field at some point. What's that going to do for me? What? How do you do you just approach each game as they come? What 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 are you what what are you looking at in that regard? I haven't really thought too far about sort of next year. I'm just sort of, you know, the un, the unknown and the unsure about what we just spoke about is sort of making me real focus on each week, which is which is good, I think, for me. Yep. Um, oh, Browse has been has been massive. He's sort of for me at the moment. Browse is like he's the guy that I need in the sheds before every game. What we had um the home game a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I think it was the Storm game. He wasn't in the sheds before the game, and I always need to have a chat with him um, before we run out. Just tell him how I feel. It's not even about footy. Like I just say, Bales, I'm so nervous, man. Like I've had a I've had a terrible week. I'm you know feel a bit you know down. I'm nervous, but he's so like he's just such, got such a calm voice, and I need him in the sheds. And he wasn't there the other week. And I remember I was walking around the sheds, freaking out, going, "I need Bales, I need Bales." Before he ran out, and he wasn't there. Um, so he's he's sort of that guy for me. He's sort of the anchor that I need to chat to before every game, and and just sort of let it out. So. Um, He's been really good in that aspect. And as far as next year, I haven't really thought about that. I think Browse will say the same thing. He's just sort of trying to get his knee right and get back to playing. But, you know, hopefully a good preseason. We can have a bit of healthy competition and um, see what happens. Know. Yeah, it's only going to help the team. So it'll be good. The the Melbourne game, mate, have you watched that on replay? I did quite a few times. It was a, <laughs> it was a, good, it was a good game. Um, well, I, I would have, I would have thought that's probably well. That's to me. That's you're the man of the match. That's your best game in in Knights colours. I would have thought. Yeah, no, it was it was a really good game. It was a game that you know, I felt really in the zone. But I watch every game back quite a few times. But that one was definitely a bit easier to watch. And um, oh, I think as, as a whole team, and, and you know the women obviously played before us, and the, and the stadium was was rocking. So uh, there were so many good sort of things to come out of that game and I'm just happy it all it all um you know unfolded how was how I how I dreamt of so um it was it was really good really good night for everyone in the town. What about um have you even thought about representative footy and and maybe well who you might want to represent down the track. Are you, are you um open to maybe um playing for the Kiwis at some point if if the opportunity arose or are you looking more at Origin and, and Australia, or you haven't allowed yourself to even think that far yet. Obviously, it's something I dream of, and you know when I when I'm driving in the car, obviously you know I think oh that'd be cool to represent you know a, a representative team. But as far as who that would be, I you know I haven't thought that too far ahead. I haven't had to tick any boxes, and I don't think there hasn't been any serious conversations from anyone. So I'm not really thinking about that. I'll, as cliche as it sounds, Baz, I honestly. The whole team's focus. We 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 really need to make the eight. We want to make the eight, and not not just because for the team, but we need to do it for the town. That you know they've been craving finals footy for so many years, and we just think we're in a good spot to to deliver that for them. So, um, yeah, in saying that, if we if we make finals, it obviously puts everyone in a good position to play a bit of rep footy at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, obviously it's a dream of mine, and I won't say no to um, whoever gives the call. Tell us about the the team and the players and the the uh, camaraderie amongst you guys, um, it seems like a, a pretty close-knit organisation. Yeah, it is. It's, um, as you know, Baz, Newcastle is such a, such a tight community, isn't it? So when you move here, you know, Tyce Gamble and all them boys like um, Haystow and that, when you move here, you, 
straight away you're, you're indulging the town and, and the boys that you know the local boys that have grown up here me croaks and and Braddy and them sort of boys you just you have to connect and it's so easy to so um it's a one town one town team so when you when you move here and the boys are all playing together obviously winning helps so we're, we're really close and um you know we hang out on days off go for coffees it's everyone probably lives only 10 minutes away from each other and training's only 10 minutes away from everyone so um yeah that, that obviously helps your footy too doesn't it so we're really close at the moment coaches included so that's no, been really good and um, yeah, good vibe around the joint at the moment. Do you, are you aware, or do you talk about um, the fact that you know there's rumours about your coach Adam O'Brien and 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 the fact that you know whether he's going to be here or not next year? Does that get spoken about by you guys? I mean, he's he's obviously had a pretty tough year, ads, because of the his situation with his mum and and how he handled all that, um, and now you guys are clearly playing, well, not only for yourselves in the town, but also for your coaching staff, for him. Um, does that get spoken about much or is it just sort of, um, that's just part of it? I think it's just part of it. It's There's always something getting spoken about in the media, but, um, you know, for us, this is about winning footy games and uh, I, fully, I fully back ads. I would hate to see him go. I, I love him having around and he's he's been so good for me, so hands-on and, um, you know, if I had to make the call if he stayed or, or when, I'd put my hand up straight away and say, mate, he's not going anywhere. So I'd imagine the rest of the group's the same. Exactly. The, yeah, the whole group's the exact same. But unfortunately, it's not um, our call to make. The only thing we can do is, is win footy games. And I guess that's uh, our biggest say. But, you know, as far as talking about it as a group, obviously you hear about it. It's, it's impossible to sort of not hear about it when it's getting spoken about so much. And everywhere you go, you turn your radio on and, um, you know, things get spoke about, but you know, when you get the training, it's sort of you know the music's on, everyone's smiling. It's just about winning footy and having fun. So, um, you know, there's been no serious conversations about it, and for us, we just want to win for him and and, and the town. So, yeah, good stuff, mate. What about outside of footy, Fiend? You, you um, you got any other passions? I, I imagine rugby league's your passion, but have you got anything else outside of footy that you get up to? I know you're a coffee drinker and. Yeah, well, mate, I'm pretty boring to be honest. I, it's hard not to just, you know, when you live in Newcastle, it's hard not to just go get a coffee and sit at the beach for hours with, with the boys. So I can't lie, that's probably, that's, I did that this morning. So I'll probably go for another one after this as well. But, um, well, I, you know, obviously, as I said before, I try and get around to some local footy and um, I see, see my little brother a bit down there. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just try and do some stuff in the community. I've got, you know, as I grew up here, so I've got all my mates here. We just sort of kick back and and do that. So um, I've got my cert, done my cert three and cert four in fitness this year. If that's if that counts, I'm a qualified personal trainer and I, and I can open a gym. So okay, um, it's quite funny. I got in the um in the study. Me and my partner, she's she's doing psychology at university, and obviously that's a quite a bit harder than doing your cert three and four in fitness, but she's got her frames up on the wall and I've, I've gone and um, got my cert three and four frame, framed as well and chucked it next to her. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I'm pretty proud of that, but yeah, man, I'm pretty boring. I just sort of cruise and um, catch up with her was free. Well, let's hope you don't have to open a gym in the near future. Oh, I hope not. That'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, a big game on the weekend, mate. Obviously four in a row um, coming off. Well, that that performance against Melbourne, and then obviously backing it up um, in Canberra last weekend, and and you got, you got the 
the trip to uh, to Perth, taking on the Dolphins. Got to keep the run going. Yeah, we do. The Dolphins will be pretty hungry as well. They're they're fighting for finals. I think they'll probably need to win every game to to make a to make a run for it. As as do we. So it's going to be going to be a cracker of a game. We're going over to Perth and. Um, you know, we leave Wednesday, so we've got a few days over there, which will be really good for the team and get get sort of used to the times over there. I think for us, the the biggest challenge before the game will be actually the travel and um, you know just staying on top, staying on top of everything, our recovery, our, our diet, which I know the boys always do. So um, yeah, obviously the game will be will be really good as well. They beat us um, earlier in the year, so we'll be looking in looking to try and sneak one back off them. So um, yeah, really looking forward to it. We're obviously in good form, so it should be a good game. Fantastic, mate. Um, I can't speak highly enough of, of um, what you've done with your career and, and how well you're playing and, and what an influence you've been um, on the team at NRL level. It's been fantastic and I and, um, hope it continues and, um, yeah, keep keep winning. That's the important thing at this stage of the year, to keep winning. Exactly right. Thanks, Buzz. Good on you, mate. Catch you soon. See you, mate. Bye. There he is, Phoenix Crosland. Very impressive young man, is, uh, is Phoenix. And uh, look, he's he's done a great job. I know there's people out there that believe that um, you know he's he he could have been an NRL halfback, but I I, I seriously believe that um, they've done the right thing with his career and his form at the moment, playing hooker, getting better, um, or you know week after week. Uh, I think they've done a great job with with Phoenix and. Yeah, he's been uh, very, very influential. And it's no surprise, to be honest, that um, the club is not looking to add another hooker to their roster for next year because of the emergence of, of Phoenix uh, with Jaden Braley coming back from that serious injury. Um, yeah, they've, they've basically decided not to uh, not to go and chase another hooker. And, and the reason why is because of, of, of Phoenix's form and, and just how how well he's going, but also the fact that he's, uh, that I think there's even some improvement there for him over the next couple of years. So great to see a local junior going really, really well. Okay. The Twitter mailbag this week. And as you can imagine, given what's going on behind the scenes at the club, um, plenty happening in the Twitter mailbag. We'll kick it off with Knight's girl. How long is Jaden Braley signed for? Um, Jaden Bradley's got two more years, uh, Knights girl. So he signed until the end of 2025. So hopefully he comes back from that second knee reconstruction. Um, well, yeah, in, in really good form and has a bit of luck going forward. That's, that's the main thing. Uh, he needs a bit of luck. Uh, Tom Binky. Hey, Tom. Uh, James Hooper is reporting that Christian Mapapalangi is going to be released. Is this true? Um, yeah, James Huber from Fox did throw some names around as uh, during the week, I think, as to um, some of the Knights players who may not get contracted next year. My understanding, well, Christian Mapapalangi, who has had a shocking run with injury himself this year after uh, needing a shoulder reconstruction uh, in the off season, got back for a game and and has uh, had some more shoulder drama. So he's had another lot of surgery, I think, or he's going in for another lot. Um, my well, he's signed for next year, and uh, I'd be stunned, put it that way. I haven't 
been told one way or the other, but I'd be absolutely stunned if the club was even contemplating moving Christian Mappapalangi. So uh, whether I know for a fact that that's happening, no, I don't because I haven't asked. But like I say, I'll be stunned if he's going anywhere. Uh, Simon Mortimer, Baz, can you explain the inconsistency in Kalen Ponga's goal kicking? 11 from 11, 3 from 7, 3 from 6, 6 from 6 in the last four games. Seemed the wind might have been a factor at home versus a storm. How can he improve? Um, Well, there's only one way that you improve, and that's practice. And I'm sure that... um, Kalen's doing all he can to uh, improve his kicking. He kicked really well last week. Um, you mentioned that 11 from 11 didn't miss one against the the Bulldogs, but uh, the week after against the Tigers, he missed four. And then, uh, I, I, as you mentioned, against Melbourne, he didn't kick great either but uh, and kicked well last week. So, look, it's it's all about practice. It's all about confidence. And um, I'm sure Kalen is doing everything he possibly can to um to be more consistent in that area which is certainly what the knights need particularly in some close games you can't afford not to be converting the tries and and uh in his defense the knights have scored while well, dom young's just about to break the try scoring record and greg marju on the other wing uh has scored a lot of tries as well so we've scored scored some tries in the corner which probably makes it a little bit more difficult for goal kickers but um yeah i'm sure Kalen is spending a lot of time, a lot of spare time, uh, practicing his kicking. Uh, your mum, 23. <laughs> Baz, which players off contract won't be re-signed? Surely Jack Johns has earned another contract for a couple of more years. Uh, look, at this stage, the majority of the Knights players who are off contract uh, haven't been re-signed, and I would imagine that the majority won't be re-signed. Um, and... Jack Johns probably will be one of those that won't be re-signed, if I'm being uh, honest. Um, there's only a couple of spots left, um, or there will be only a couple of spots left. I think, um, let me think, Anari Tuala is off contract. He'll be re-signed, I think. Uh, that's pretty close to being done. Um, but a lot of the other, uh, Tyson Frizzell obviously has been re-signed, um, but Several of the other players who were off contract, I don't think will be back next season. I don't know that a definitive uh, answer has been given to those players yet as to whether they uh, the Knights want them or not, but uh, I'll be surprised if any of them uh, are back. Uh, Bryce, do you ever think with this leaked mail that the Sydney media is trying to derail the Knights' good run? A lot of teams and Sydney media personalities might be worried what we can achieve in our current form. Uh, look, there's been a bit of talk about that, Bryce. Um, I can, well, from personal experience, it, I, I, there's no Sydney media p- people out there that I know of that would be seriously trying to destabilise the night season because they don't want to see them in the finals. So I think... Um, I actually think there's a soft spot amongst a lot of the Sydney journos for the Newcastle Knights. Um, so I, I'm i not sure that's happening, to be honest. I think there's certainly some people out there talking uh, behind the scenes and and 
creating some dramas, but I don't necessarily think they're media making up stories, put it that way. Um, so I, I don't agree with that. Um, Julian Vella. Hey, Baz, just read an article from Robert Dillon in the Newcastle Herald. Looks like the Knights have completely denied any reports or interest or meetings with Justin Holbrook. Do you reckon they are telling porky pies? Um, yeah, look, the Mar was very strong and wasn't just one media outlet. There were several media outlets at the weekend reported on a night's meeting with Justin Holbrook. Um, I know Phil Gardner, the CEO, has come out and said that the club is not interested in Justin Holbrook. Um, so... Basically, that's where that ends, I guess. But, um, yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire generally as far as interest goes. Um, I think Phil Gardner also mentioned that there's been no interest in a couple of other coaches and and, uh, I think there certainly has been some interest uh, from some people within the organisation in other coaches. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, So... But at this stage, obviously, um, with the CEO coming out and saying that um, there's no interest in Holbrook, then Holbrook won't be here next season, full stop. Uh, Tim, Tim Egg, I think it's Egg. Sorry, Tim, E-double-G-E, I presume that's Egg. Or is that Eggy? Egg. And you know, Simon, you got any idea? Uh, E-double-G-E? Yes. Yeah, I'd say Egg. Okay. Egg? Okay. Well, Tim will let me know if it's not right. Sorry, Tim. Uh, there is a rumour that um, Blake Green's manager is approaching other clubs. Does this mean the interview with Holbrook is for an assistant to Adam O'Brien instead of replacing Adam O'Brien? I do think the club should support Adam O'Brien publicly. Um, look, the, the situation with Blake Green is the Knights assistant coach. He has another year on his contract. So his contract ends at the end of next year. My understanding is that Blake Green maybe spoke to Manly um, or his manager spoke to Manly about the possibility of there being an an opportunity at that club if Adam O'Brien was not at the Knights next year. Um, That's my understanding of of the the interest um, or the Manly... Um, rumours around Blake Green was that Blake Green was looking at his options if Adam O'Brien was to have been sacked. Um, I don't think there's any problem with Blake Green if Adam O'Brien stays. As a matter of fact, I'm certain there's no problem with Blake Green staying on as a Knights assistant coach if Adam O'Brien stays. Simple as that. Uh, Steve Kidd. Steve, not Jason. Steve Kidd. Hey, Kitty. Baz, your decision to have a week off mid <laughs> I knew this wouldn't be a serious question. Baz, your decision to have a week off mid-season would be seen as a slap in the face to your listeners. Any guarantee going forward this won't happen again? <laughs> now, hang on a minute, Kitty. For, for a start, I didn't have a week off. All I did was we did just didn't have the Twitter mailbag last week when we, uh, when we spoke to Troy Fletcher. Um, so... I did have a week off the Twitter mailbag. Okay, I'll I'll grant you that. 
Any he was in Bali, Steve. I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting a tattoo in Bali. Yeah. Um, any guarantee going forward this won't happen again? Look, uh, I can guarantee you, Steve, that for the remainder of the season, we'll have the Twitter mailbag, mate. So uh, <laughs> don't fret. Okay. Uh, Pete Addo-Bake. Um I hope I've got that right, Pete. So has Dom been practising gymnastics? Has he learnt to backflip yet? <laughs> well, yes. Dom, um, in in a try-celebration, did the Tamana Tahu dunk over the crossbar at the weekend. Only problem was they just allowed the try, but it still was pretty impressive. But, um, yeah, no. I think you're referring to a backflip from his decision to go to the Roosters. But as we've discussed previously, I don't think that's happening. Well, I'm certain it's not happening. Uh, Dr. Buddy Tubside. Hi, Baz. Do you know who Jeff McCloy and Blake Canavo are? <laughs> Is it true they have no official role at the club but meet with coaches and player agents. Well, let's. Jeff McCloy is a is a business man, a very highly su- successful developer around town. He was the former Lord Mayor, um, and he was, I guess, implicated a few weeks ago in in uh, his name came up as someone that uh, maybe had contacted or spoke to Des Hasler about the coaching job before uh, Hasler accepted the job at the Titans. Now that came out a, a couple of weeks ago. My understanding is Jeff McCloy, um, well, he doesn't work for the Knights, obviously. He's got no involvement officially with the Knights, but he didn't actually come out and deny that he'd spoken to Hasler, um, whether that was on behalf of the Knights or whether he just asked the question because he's, uh, he's mates with Hasler, I don't know. But he didn't deny... Um, the fact that he may have had contact with with Hasler, but he but you're right, he has no official role at the club. Blake Canavo is an interesting one. I wrote about Blake Canavo in the column in my column uh, probably six or eight weeks ago. Um, I don't think he has an official role at the club, but he certainly is very hands on at the Knights at the moment. He's a close associate, business associate with. Phil Gardner. Um, he comes from Port Macquarie. His son played Harold Matthews this year. Um, he's been involved with the club, and I will say this controversially, with the club for quite some time. Um, and I think he, uh, well, the column that I wrote was the fact that uh, that um, I think Peter Parr, the the foot, football or head of football, told me probably two or three months ago, that Blake Canavo's role was as a, uh, he was more of a consultant or a mentor, if you want to call it that, to Peter Parr. Uh, well, he, I did spot Blake Canavo talking to a player agent, a prominent player agent, um, Gavin Orr, in the crowd at a Knights game, which is uh, where, it all, where it all came up. So, And I, my understanding is he is, fairly involved in um, recruitment and retention. He may even be on a committee at the Knights in that regard. He certainly got some input there, and he certainly obviously is talking to player agents. Um, Yeah, so I don't know a lot more than that. I don't know why um, 
he's involved like he is, um, particularly if there is no official, um, if, if it's not in an official compa- capacity, but he is uh, fairly heavily involved. And I think down the track we're going to hear more about Blake Canavo uh, in the future, put it that way. Okay, uh, Dr. Buddy Tubside again, got another one. Uh, are you aware of concerns from the club and Phil Gardner about the influence of player agent Isaac Moses? Is it true we were so close to signing Katoni Stags that a press release was drafted? I'm not sure I believe that. Um, buddy, I can, I can um, confirm that the Knights thought that they had Katoni Stags locked up. Um, they also thought that um, Heelam Lukey, the back row from the Cowboys, are also told that he'd agreed to terms. Uh, that's my understanding. This is going back a couple of years now. Um, Lukey stayed at the Cowboys. Stags, um, well, he stayed at the Broncos. 11th hour decision to stay at the Broncos. And the talk was at the time that there was a press release. I don't know whether it was drafted or whether that was they were talked about. Um, he was very close to coming to Newcastle. And those two players are both managed by Isaac Moses. So I I don't doubt that there was a little bit of resentment there because the Knights were led to believe one thing and and, uh, it didn't happen with those two players. So, and look, there's a fair bit of controversy around Isaac um, as far as as, uh, his influence on clubs um, because he's... He also manages coaches. He manages Adam O'Brien. Whether there's, um, whether that's a reason why Adam O'Brien has been under more pressure, I, I've highly doubt it. But uh, certainly, some players that will be let go at the end of this season or won't be re-signed are, are managed by Isaac Moses. Jack Johns is one. Uh, Kurt Mann's another. Um, there's there's two players that. Um, that are managed by Isaac. But the Knights are re-signing a couple of players that are managed by Isaac as well. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know whether that's got anything to do with the dramas with Adam O'Brien, to be honest. Um, That's as far as I can answer that. Um, DT, have we locked up Marju or is it just a loan from the Titans? Greg Marju been an absolute re- revelation this year for the Knights on the wing. Um, no, he's not on. He's not on loan from the Titans. DT. He's actually signed. He's signed for another couple of years after this. So you can expect um, Greg Marju to get even better. Well, he's been outstanding, like I say. Um, but he's he's here for at least another couple of years. Ben Payne. Hey Baz, another quiet week <laughs> in the mailbags absence. Yeah, not quite Ben. Um, is Phoenix Crossland your most improved player? It was a massive play when he jumped on that ball against the Raiders. Um, yeah, well, we've just spoken, obviously, to Phoenix, Ben. Um, yeah, I think he's he's been outstanding. Um, plenty of people, plenty of not local fans uh, doubted Phoenix Crossland. They have doubted him for the last few seasons. But he's uh, he's proved what can happen if you stick by a player and give him time to 
improve and develop. And and now he's uh, he's a fully fledged NRL player, Phoenix, as we just spoke to him about. And you're right that, that he's he's made some massive plays in some big games, and that the the, uh, the loose ball he fell on, I think Knight scored in the next set against the Raiders last week, uh, was one of those effort plays that coaches love and teammates love and uh when it comes to effort you know phoenix is right up there with the best of them because uh he never stops uh daz mckay are the knights targeting any more players for next year's top 30 or just promoting some youngsters instead uh daz look there's i think there's two spots um well there's there's hasn't been a, there's been a few that haven't been confirmed yet. Jed Cartwright hasn't been confirmed, but he will be coming from South Sydney. Um, Anari Tawala, uh, he'll be re-signed, put it that way. So he'll take up another spot. I, I think by the and and Jack Cogger, there's been plenty of talk about Jack Cogger. I think from what I've can gather, he'll be coming next year. There might be two spots left in the roster, and the club is still looking for an outside back slash winger. Um, and I'm not sure what other position they'll look, maybe a back rower, another back rower maybe, or another middle. I think they need another middle, to be honest. But, um, um, yeah, there's a couple of spots left to fill. So they're obviously out there looking uh, for someone to fill those. Uh, Pat C, love your work, Baz. Do you know any centres we are now looking for? We are light on outside, and Gagai playing great but not getting any younger. Surely... We have some coin if we offered Dom Young five hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, like I say, Pat, we're looking, or the club's looking for a, a, a an outside back, probably a winger more so, so than a centre. But uh, Dane Gagai's got another year to run. Bradman Best's got another year to run, um, and Young Mapapalangi's got another year to run as well. So that's basically why I'm suggesting that they're not letting him go because um, he's too important for the future. Um, that's my thought anyway on that. So we'll wait and see who they who they come up with for that outside back position. Phil Gilbert, just your thoughts on the Knights slash Phil Gardner response regarding the Holbrook situation. I have to admit I don't go much on your media mates at the Telegraph. They seem to know when to stir the pot up here. Keep up the great work, Baz. Well, I've sort of spoken about that. Um, Phil Gardner's came out and 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 put to bed any suggestion that um, Justin Holbrook will be at the club next season. So that's that's where it is. As far as um, st- stirring the pot, um, yeah. Look, I. I I don't think stuff stuff like that doesn't get made up. When multiple media organisations run with stuff like that, it's it's not made up. It's not, um, you know, um, that's all. That's all I'll say on that. Um, Adam Forbes is another to ask about the Mapalangi rumours, which I've sort of um, answered to the best of my ability. Josh Watson, hey Baz, best reportedly on seven hundred k. Uh, next year, but wanting to test the market. Surely not many clubs would be willing to spend 700k on a centre. Do you think he will end up staying? Um, yeah, I do. I think Bradman wants to stay. The Knights are making noises like they're going to struggle to find the money to keep him. Well, I just think they have to find the money to keep him. 
full stop. Um, they need to keep Bradman best long term. And, um, yeah, even if the salary cap situation is, is not great, then they need to move the deck chairs, move some chairs around to make sure that that happens. Simple as that. Mick Maher, Knights having their most injury-free season in years, Baz. Touch wood, but excluding Braley and KP earlier in the year, we've barely had any significant injuries. Is it purely a change of luck, or are they doing something different in preparation? Uh, gee, Mick, I hope you haven't bloody put the mocker on them. Um, but you're right. Um, I guess Daniel Safidi's the other one that's had some injury dramas, and Daniel to his credits, played through a few of those injuries, uh, which probably has affected his form. Well, it has affected his form during the season. Hopefully when he does come back from his current injury, he's he's ready to go firing and ready to go and the Knights are still in in, uh, finals contention. Uh, I I think, I honestly think, Mick, that it's, there's a lot of luck involved, put it that way. I think there's a lot of luck involved in injuries because some of the best, the biggest clubs with the the most high-profile um, performance people are still struggling with players getting injured. So the Knights' luck has been poor, particularly under Adam O'Brien. It's been poor as far as injuries go. So he was due, and the club was due, and the players were due to have a good year as far as that goes. And and it's no secret that the Knights are now performing. And they've had their spine together, um, even without Jaden Braley with Phoenix there. They've had their spine together for the last however many weeks, firing, and it's made a massive difference. Made a massive difference. A man who knows just enough. (laughs) Is modern day NRL coverage more concerned with getting clicks and likes than it is about getting, or is it than it is about telling the truth? Is this because there is so much? direct access to clubs and players through social media. How can things change besides people just ignoring it and not interacting? Yeah, look, that's a really good question. And um, I must admit, um, I think the uh, the issue with some media organisations is that it, it, that it is all about getting clicks and likes and having the story read from an ad- advertising point of view. I don't think there's any doubt in that. And uh, as far as, uh, you know, telling the truth goes, I think sometimes that can get a little bit distorted because of that reason. And there is so much, there's such a saturation in the media. There's so many media outlets reporting on the NRL and rugby league at the moment that, um, that sometimes, and it's all about the immediacy of it all as well with the internet. Um, sometimes I think, you know, you can overlook, um, fact checking, put it that way. You can overlook fact checking because you want to get something out there online as quick as possible before someone else gets it out there. Um, I don't doubt that that's an issue in the modern day. So I agree with you. Uh, Seth Jones. Hi, Baz. Is Jack John's NRL career over? Surely he's... Uh, not caught up in this Moses rubbish. Uh, Seth, look, I, I, I've got my doubts whether Jack will get another contract with the Knights, but that doesn't mean his NRL career is over. Um, and I don't think it's got anything to do with 
Isaac Moses. I just think that um, there's not a lot of spots left. And there's some other players that the Knights have prioritised over Jack, unfortunately. Um, Tracy Breeze. Hey, Baz, it feels like there is a massive undercurrent of snakes in the grass. <laughs> Adam has done a great job after a few hiccups. Will the snakes win? Uh, there's always some snakes around in this game. Tracy, don't worry about that. Um, will they win in this instance? Uh I think it hinges on the Knights. they got to keep performing on the field, simple as that. Um, if they perform on the field, then um, then hopefully um, all the stuff that you're talking about, the undercurrent of stuff that might be happening behind the scenes, goes away. Uh, <coughs> Scott Burton, with the Sydney press being backgrounded now for more than a few weeks, there obviously is someone within the organisation at the Knights who does not want Adam O'Brien there. Teams leak info when they are losing. It seems like a serious grudge to be leaking when winning. Yeah, that's pretty pointed, Scott. And I don't necessarily think you're wrong. Um, talking to a few of the um, media people around the place, I think, um, yeah, I think you might have a point as far as um, what is going on behind the scenes. Okay, um, that's about it. We've had a, There's a lot. I know there's a few others that um, I've had here as well. But, uh, let me have a look. Yeah, I'll, a couple more. Uh, cherry. Cherry. C-H-A-I-R-Y. Cherry. <laughs> Is it true, Baz, the Cogger deal is done? I assume this means Clune will be released. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think he's coming to play six or do you think he sits behind Gamble in the queue next year? Well, there's nothing official about Jack Cogger, but the word is that um, he probably will come to the Knights and, and uh, well, he's got, a, he's got an opportunity to stay at the Panthers as well, but uh, the talk is that he will come to the Knights. That will mean that um, Adam Clune won't be re-signed. I think there's a lot of in, uh, a lot of interest from England for Adam Clune, which doesn't surprise me. What are my thoughts on it? Uh, look, I would have been happy to keep Clune as a backup halfback, to be honest, and maybe spent the extra money elsewhere. But um, that's a decision for the club and their recruitment people. As far as um, uh, Jack Cogger coming to play six, I think that's that's um, that's possible. He could he could play six or he could play seven um, next season. Where does that mean? What does that mean for Tyson Gamble? Well, I think at the moment Tyson Gamble's he's got the six jumper for a reason, and it's um, it's up to him to keep it. Which on form he will. Um, my understanding is that Jack Cogger will be a a, a backup halfback, um, and the, and the club needs a backup. In the halves, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, so that's where it stands. Obviously, um, Jack Cogger's form will might determine where he plays. But I, I see Cogger and and um, well, I I just think that Cogger and Jackson Hastings are very similar type players. So I'm not sure that you would have both of them in the halves. To be honest, would be my my thoughts on it. Uh, but we'll wait and see. Uh, finally, Tom Hagen, the mayor of Scone. 
Um, well, he thinks he's the Mariscone, and he's not the Mariscone, obviously, but uh, anyway. Um, do you think we will see NRLW coaches become NRL coaches, or will the two remain separate as they play different styles? Just looking at Ronnie at the Knights, um, Brett Kamali at the Tigers, and Jamie Soward at the Dragons. I'd love to see it become a pathway to the to an NRL gig. Look, I, I'm uh, um, there's not nothing to say that it can't become a pathway. I mean, um, Brett Kamali's already been an assistant NRL coach. Um, whether whether it would lead directly to an NRL job um, as a head coach, I, I probably doubt. I think I think the head coaches will come from, generally speaking, the um, the coaching staff on their NRL on the NRL side of things. So, but there's nothing to suggest in the future that a that our NRLW coach can't coach an NRL side down the track, put it that way. But um, whether whether it would be a direct thing, I, d- I doubt. I think I think um, you would have to have to think that it would be, uh, you know, coaches working on or in the NRL system on the staff of an NRL coach before they became a uh, the the head coach of the organisation. Okay. Well, not surprisingly, there were a lot of mailbag questions this week. Um, thanks very much to Phoenix Crossland for his time. Uh, let's hope the Knights can keep the run going and um, keep pushing for that top eight spot. Hopefully the the stuff in behind the scenes will die down a little bit. Um, they certainly need to beat the Dolphins over there in Perth on, on Saturday. Looking forward to that and looking forward to talking to you guys again next week. See you then. Bye.